Well, hello and welcome to this edition of The Electric Chair. Of course, I'm your host, Midnight Corey. And tonight, I'm really honored to be speaking with actor David Crawford, the man who played Dr. Foster, of course, in the original Dawn of the Dead. So, David, thank you for joining me tonight. Well, it's my pleasure, Corey. Thanks for asking. Wow, it's a huge honor. Um, You you know, you uh, had a role in my favorite movie of all time. And now looking, I mean, what's it been? 35 years since it's been released. Um, Mm -hmm. Looking back, I mean, how how does this movie, how do you feel about sort of the legacy that this movie has left? Oh, well, uh, overwhelmed. I had no idea at the time that uh, it was going to be uh, such a success. Um, we all knew George, and therefore we didn't realize how good he was. You know, you, <laughs> you don't see the greatness in your friends. And um, George had been, um, since, since Night of the Living Dead, which he'd made ten years before, uh, while he was gathering funding to make Dawn of the Dead, he did a lot of TV commercials, documentaries, and so on, and he was just a lot of the film guys in town. We didn't realize how good he was and how long this film lasted. Um, I remember it, it, was not, it wasn't even my, my best acting job that week. It was only half a day. Uh, David Early and I had rehearsed. We were ready, and we knew what he wanted, and we got it on film real quick. I don't think we even got lunch. Um <laughs> But my 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 best job that week was was playing Mr. Winker. Uh, Winker was the kind of a local hamburger chain called Winkies. Oh yeah. And um, and I I dressed up in the, like thirty pounds of orange fake fur and looked like a muppet and went around to the Winkies places telling the kids, "Sure to eat your hamburgers, kids, aren't they great?" Um, and that was my best job that week. It, I made three or four times as much from that as I did from Dawn of the Dead. So I, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> wow. Well, it, it's just, uh, it, it's funny to think that uh, it, that, that small part, that, that role that you have there at the beginning has really stuck with so many people and uh, is really a huge, huge part of the movie. And I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, far more people remember that than any of the, the Winkies commercials. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, for sure. Uh, well, see, you have to listen to that. Um, that's why people remember it because... Um, at that time, zombies weren't well known, and, and George had to do the exposition for the audience to tell them what zombies were all about and what the, what the dangers were. Um, and he found a dramatic way to do that through the interview and especially through the hostility from all the people in the TV studio who didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, they were throwing stuff at me and giving me uh, bunny ears and all that. Um, so it, he made it a memorable bit. Uh, which I, I'm grateful for. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like you were saying, he he did such a, a good job of uh, of writing this part for you that uh, really gave you, man, it set the scene for the zombies. You knew, you know, in those few lines exactly what you were dealing with. And you sold that idea to me. Um, the, the way you performed that role, you made me believe it. And, oh, well, well, and, thank you. <laughs> so basically, I mean, you, you sold me the zombies before I even ever saw a single zombie on screen, um, yeah. which was amazing. But uh, so your your performance was just fantastic. Now, um, you know, you talked about you and and uh, David Early had done a lot of uh, rehearsing for this. You guys hung out a lot and, and went through this this scene a lot of times. Um, so how much of it, how much of what we see on the screen uh, came right out of the script 
And uh, how much was improv? Were you given room to sort of uh, sort of ad lib a little bit based on the chemistry you guys had? No, we were both sort of traditional stage actors, and you ever add words. The rules are that you can you can add sounds, you can invent all kinds of physical stuff, but the words are the province of the playwright. You can cut, and Shakespeare, for example, is always mm-hmm. cut because this play is just so long, but you can't add anything. So we didn't add a, a syllable. It was all exactly to the script. Oh, wow. Wow. It all seems so natural. It seemed that, you know, I'd... I would expect something that good and that natural, like I said, to have just uh, sort of float, flowed from something where George might have said, hey, you know, this is the general scene you guys just have at it. Start arguing. You know, you give some exposition about the zombies and, you know, you kind of go at his throat and, and um, man, man, it, it, you can't tell. It's uh, fantastic. Well, thank you. Well, no, he didn't do that. If, if we had had to make up our words, we'd have had to charge extra for yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. Um, and I, I was thinking about this, you know, I was just so excited about uh, talking with you tonight and and uh, thinking back on, uh, there's a specific line in the movie that uh, is my favorite line in the whole movie. And most people, when you ask them, what, what's your favorite line from Dawn of the Dead? They'll give you, you know, one of Ken Foray's lines from later in the film or, or something like that. But mm-hmm. uh, mine is yours when you say every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills, and the people it kills get up and kill. Because you've basically yeah. given me the whole movie, you know, right there. Um, and your delivery is so good. So I'm thinking about this. I'm like, well, this is my favorite line from my favorite movie of all time. So using that logic, you've, you've pretty much given me my favorite line from any movie of all time. Um, oh, well, so, wonderful. Right there. <laughs> I, I am honored. Well, and you, you know, uh, people do remember. I was, uh, David and Early and I were um, at a convention in New Jersey a couple years ago, and they had us recreate that scene as a way of introducing the screening of the film. And uh, so we did the scene, and uh, immediately afterwards, uh, Matt Blaze, who was a real Dawn of the Dead fan, uh, from in Pennsylvania, somewhere in the eastern part of the state, he came up to me and said, you left out my favorite line, which is you're not running a talk show here, Mr. Berman. You can forget pitching an audience the moral bullshit <laughs> they want to hear. And <laughs> he knew it was missing. I'd just forgotten and left it out. Wow. Uh, <laughs> so, so it, yeah, it, it is amazing how, how thoroughly people remember mm-hmm. this movie. Oh, yeah. And it's even amazing um, how much of it was cut, I guess, from... You, you see different cuts of this film. Uh, you know, there's the uh, the theatrical, there's the extended cut, there's Argento's cut, and uh-huh. um, sometimes you'll you'll hear the, the, a line is thrown in that maybe is not in the other cut. You know, for you know, the first, oh, probably 100 times I saw the movie, I pretty much I was watching the theatrical cut. Um, mm-hmm. And then later on, I, I started seeing these other cuts, and there are just uh, some some lines in there that weren't included in there. And uh, was this a, a much longer scene than uh, maybe we're used to seeing, or did he did he just uh, not trim a whole lot off of this? Maybe a few little things, or how did that? Uh, he, how did that no, he cut very little out of it. Uh, I, I went back to the script uh, when David and I did our live thing. Um, and uh, it was pretty much exactly as the movie is. Uh, there may be maybe bits and pieces here and there, and some of, of course, runs under other action and yeah. and even dialogue, so that we're in the background and you really aren't too much aware of it. I, I, I can't anything about foreign language versions because, you know, when they dub them, they can add anything they want. Oh yeah. 
I don't know what I'm saying in German. I, I love to watch it in German. It's it's so much fun to see us all speaking German. Oh wow, wow! <laughs> I got to watch that sometime. That'd be uh, that'd be something else. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow, wow. Well, you, you know, it's it's really funny. Um, and I don't know if you're aware of this, if, if people have told you this, but uh, one of the other places that I've heard your voice, and specifically the uh, the line from uh, this movie that I love the most, is your voice was actually sampled. In a song uh, by the band uh, White Zombie. No, no, sure. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been meaning to send them a bill. Yeah, yeah. I think Rob Zombie <laughs> owes you owes you a few bucks there. Um, yeah, for residuals. Exactly. Uh, I've heard that, but I, I've never heard the song. Yeah, so it's. I'll, uh, I'll have to look it up. White Zombie is that the name of the group? Yeah, White Zombie. Uh, they're um, Rob Zombie's just doing his own thing now because Rob Zombie was the was the front man of, of White Zombie before he started doing his solo stuff. And, um, so it's on, uh, it's on the album called, uh, Devil Music Volume 1, and it's on mm-hmm. the very first track, and about halfway through, they kind of switch, switch up the beat a little bit, and, uh, they sample Get Up and Kill, and mm. it's your voice, and it's probably, probably three or four times, uh, in the song, and they play that live, too, um, one of the things that they did live was they always made sure that they threw the samples in, even when they were playing it. And I, I saw White Zombie live several times, and they even had your voice coming over. You know, I was at, I, I've seen him at Star Lake several times at the amphitheater there, or whatever uh-huh. it's called now. I, I just know it as Star Lake. And, yeah. um, and I, I just remember your voice blasting over the, the speakers there, too. And uh, so it's just really funny. I've heard you there, uh, you know. And uh, so oh, cool. very interesting. But, uh, but maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe try and get a hold of Rob and see. Let's see if we'll... Uh, yeah, I'll something have to for you. See if I can get, get some back pay. <laughs> uh, By the way, an hour an hour before you called, it was about seven o'clock, and I thought it might have been you because I thought maybe well in Central Time. Uh, of course, you're not your hmm. Um But somebody, so I get a phone call, and it turns out that it was a telemarketing call from the local blood bank. So I, I said, well, I'm not in the market for blood, but I gave them your number because I thought you would know somebody who. Who, who, who was looking for blood? Oh, absolutely! You know, you know all the horror people. <laughs> I so. do, I do, and blood is in high demand here, and uh, yes. especially the as realistic as you can get it. So, it's, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> I'll be expecting. I think they that have call. the real, st- the real stuff. Yeah. So oh yeah. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, <laughs> oh man, man. But uh, so you didn't do a whole lot of. Ta- I mean, did you just do uh, basically one? Was this a one take thing here with uh, with David Early, or did you well, do several takes or? What was it like? Well, I, re- I remember it as pretty much one take. Um, see, George cast us from scenes in a stage show. We, we were in uh, The Trial of the Catonsville Nine, which was about the Berrigan brothers, to, to um, at least the guy I played was a priest. Uh, and I, th- I think they were both priests, maybe. Uh, but we played brothers, uh, very advanced, um, proactive, multiracial casting uh, for those days. And George saw the show and said, "Yeah, that that works. Let's let's cast them." And um, so the, you see, the, the, it's it's a common place among directors that half the battle is the casting. If you get the right actors, it's going to work. So apparently, we gave him what he wanted, uh, and we rehearsed a lot. I mean, we really went over it and over. We were used to working on stage where you do rehearse for a month, you know, before you have an opening night. So um, we did a lot of that, and. Uh, we went in and we we did a rehearsal and he said yeah that's good so he <laughs> shot it. Wow, man. It's, it's all in a matter of knowing what you want and knowing how to get it. And George is uh, wonderfully good at that. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he so 
Oh, I'm sorry. Beautifully well organized. Everybody on the set uh, has been instructed as to what they're supposed to do, and they know how to do it, and it gets done, and it's very efficient. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I've heard. And he he obviously uh, has a gift for recognizing uh, talent and exactly the kind of people that are needed in the right roles, and uh, which is you know you and David were were just perfectly perfectly cast in um, in what you did. Um, so, uh, you, you, uh, I've spoken with you about this before, about your uh, reenactment of that scene. And, uh, the, uh, I think the last time you were here in Erie, I was real interested in, uh, in seeing if that was something that you'd consider, uh, you know, taking on the road, maybe, uh, maybe performing again, maybe doing a, doing a tour of, uh, of that with, uh, with David, because I think that would just be so fantastic to see. Would that be something that you would consider or... Or, um... Oh, sure. Uh, I would be delighted to do it again, and I think David would, too. Uh, I asked him, as a matter of fact, last time I saw him, and he said, sure, anytime. Uh, but actors are notoriously bad at selling themselves, you know, at marketing, at booking. We need agents, and we, we just don't have agents. Oh, yeah. um, I've had a couple of kind of off-and-on relationships with agents, and, but I get kind of turned off to agents at a convention in Indianapolis one time. I think it was Indianapolis somewhere out in the Midwest. Anyhow, the agents were so disruptive and so insistent on getting the right table and the right space and the right length of table uh, for their clients that I really got turned off to agents altogether. They, they were just not behaving well. But anyhow, we're not businessmen and we don't know how to arrange these things. I have a, I have a one-man Edgar Allan Poe show that um, I've been doing off and on, and I would like to get it out to some conventions. But I just... Uh, I guess I should try. Yeah. What can you do but try? There, I tell you, there are so many people out there that would just eat it up. Um, and uh, so that would be... Well, has an amazing number of fans mm-hmm. here and in Europe. I had the show in Edinburgh, Scotland last August for a month, running it every day at their theater festival, and uh, met people from all over Europe. There were a couple of young women from France who said their high school is called the Edgar Poe School. Uh, and there was a young woman from Sweden who came and saw it twice and then sent this really uh, flattering email to the website of the Edgar Allan Poe Museum in Baltimore saying it was a wonderful show and she wanted to see it a third time but had to go back to Sweden. And we met people from all over Europe uh, who, who know Poe. Apparently he, they study him over there. And, um, yeah, he's, he's a big deal everywhere. He, well, he was a pioneer. Oh, yeah. You know, the first, first uh, detective story... He revitalized the form of horror stories uh, for science fiction. Um, you know, lots of lots of innovation. Oh yeah, yeah, and he still holds up today, uh, even oh, reading. Yeah. Him. And uh, I, I can only imagine somebody like you going up there and and uh, doing doing it in a monologue form. It would just be, I think, really fantastic. Well, yeah, you do have to cut a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 I'd imagine, but. Uh, yeah, but it, it works. It does work on stage. It stuff is very dramatic. Like yeah. the, the cask of Amontillado is mostly a dialogue between two men. Right. The one who's doing the walling up and the one who gets walled up. And, uh, yeah, he, he he's very dramatic and it works on stage. So I've, I've had fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I hope I get to catch that at some point. Uh, if you bring it around, that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I hope so, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what are the what are the challenges? You've gone back and forth a little bit between stage and film, and uh, of course, your 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 forte, and I think the thing that you enjoy doing the most is stage. 
Um, yeah. But uh, what are the challenges going back and forth? I know they're they're just two completely different styles of, of acting and uh, just the way you present yourself and nuances and things. But what are what are some of the biggest challenges there? Well, it's uh, uh, it's really not that hard to adjust, especially because I've done lots of voiceovers, narrations, and commercials and things. And you have to make that major adjustment when you work for a microphone rather than for an audience. Your audience is just one person who's listening to the radio or watching this documentary, and you're really talking very intimately into their ear. On stage, you know, you're reaching the back rows and the balcony, and especially in musicals. I love to work in musicals. It's so much fun. Uh, everything is big. Um, and, and then, it, so I've made that adjustment all my acting career, bringing stuff down for the microphone or the camera. So it's easy. It's easy for me to do. You know, when you're in close-up, um, as an actor, you should always know whether what the shot is. Is it a wide shot? Is it medium? Is it close? Uh, or extremely close? And you have to scale your work to that. You know, if you're in close-up, you try not to move your face very much. Um, the basic rule is just think it or feel it, and it will show up on your face. You don't have to try. Um, and then as the camera moves back, you, you work a little bigger and a little bigger. And, of course, on stage, it's just enormous. Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, I, I really do like working on stage m- most because I love the collaboration with the audience, hmm. especially in comedy. You work with them a lot. You find out what they laugh at, um, and, and then you go with that. You use it. You exploit it. Exploit isn't the wrong word, but you, you use it. You give them what they want. Right, right. Interesting. And I guess it would be, you know, with film, with, uh, you know, camera in front of you, with, the, with the, basically you're looking at a technical crew in front of you, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I don't think it would be as, um, as personal an experience as, like you said, you, you really don't have any energy to feed off of that you do having a live audience there and, and uh, no, no sort of interaction, I guess, um, mm-hmm. in, in that regard. So that'd be... You know, a little, yeah, a little less, uh, like I said, a little less personal, you know, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, especially with the post show where I, I ignore that um, fourth wall, that uh, I, I just ignore the fact that I'm supposed to be in another time and place, and I talk directly to the audience. Uh, that's, that's really, that collaboration, as you said, uh, is rewarding. Yeah. Wow, oh, awesome. Well, looking, you know, back, you know, you've been, you've been doing this for a long time, you've seen... Uh, film change over the years and, and, you know, the stage performances and, and things change over the years. But, you know, even looking at film, if you look like look at a film like Dawn of the Dead and uh, where that was at that time and place where horror movies were and, and film and looking at uh, where we are now, um, what do you think the state of film as far as uh, energy, originality, um, anything like that? Where, where is it compared to maybe three, four decades ago, in your opinion? Oh, wow. <laughs> that, I, I'm, I'm feeling guilty now that I haven't watched more uh, horror movies lately. Um, well, the, the big uh, the big change is CGI, of course. Yeah. In the old days, they had to do the special effects um, right on the set. And there were no computers. Uh, I, I used to um, be a film director, writer, editor uh, back in the days when there was film. And uh, to make a split screen, a simple split screen where you put two images on the screen at one time. You had to design it in the work print, mark the work print, roll it up onto cores, 
pull the original scenes, the negative, or roll those up onto cores, write out instructions on a sheet of paper, ship it to Chicago, and wait for two weeks for the lab to, to put it together for you, and they'd send you split screen back. And now it's just, you know, you make a couple clicks with a mouse and you got it. Um, all of that has changed. Computers have changed it immensely, so they can do amazing things now. But I like the old special effects. You know, the stuff where there's actual things happening on screen, like like in Dawn of the Dead where they... Um, the uh, the machete zombie who gets mm-hmm. hit in the head with a machete, that was done, of course, backwards. They shaped the machete and put it over his head and then pulled it back, and then they just ran the film backwards. Uh, and I like that kind of stuff, yeah. even better than computer stuff. Computer stuff seems like cheating to us old people. And, yeah, I mean, it, it sort of cheapens the whole thing a little bit in my in my eyes because I'm looking you know, at how Dawn of the Dead was made. And just the the things that they did, you mentioned the machete, even like the head explosion at the beginning, mm-hmm. and you know you get you get dirty, you know yeah. you, you get really <laughs> dirty. You get your hands in there, and you really really, you know, do something that yeah, it's gonna make a mess. But man, it, it's gonna look really really great when when you see it on the screen. And now yeah. anymore, you know, people I think rely on uh, on computers to sort of get dirty for them and to manage all that heavy lifting and. You know, to me, it just, it takes sort of the, the whole craft out of doing it. Um, it yeah, there is a whole craft there that isn't so necessary anymore. Replaced by new crafts, of course, but mm. I think it's better to work with real stuff rather than just images, pixels on a computer. Yeah. What do you think of zombies? Do you, do you like the slow zombies or the fast zombies? Oh, definitely slow. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, being you know, being my my top three movies are of course uh, you know Romero's uh, original zombie trilogy. Um, they're they're just what scare me the most. Um, yeah, the the running ones. I don't know. They're it's too and may, maybe you know I'm, I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm old, but I'm in you know my my mid to late thirties right now, and so I don't know if it's just like ah eh, you know these new fast zombies are too. I, I'd always describe them as being like MTV zombies. Um, yeah, and they just—they're they're not as frightening. Um, but uh, well, that's a basic rule of acting too. Um, if you—if you want—if you're playing a character that is powerful, like a king, a uh, menacing person, you move slow because slow is powerful. You know, anybody who kind of jitters around loses a lot of authority. Uh, so it's a basic rule of acting and a basic rule of zombies too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Now it's it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the remake of Dawn of the Dead, um, and they're fast in there as well. Um, <laughs> I was warned away from it. I saw yeah. Shaun of the Dead. I thought it was I thought it was a good movie. Oh time. yeah. Oh, that's that's a great movie. But yeah. people said no. Don't see the new Dawn. Please don't see the new Dawn. So I didn't. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a great movie. Um, if they just didn't call it Dawn of the Dead, because literally the you know the only similarities between uh, the remake and the original is there's a mall. Oh, okay. And that's it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So the story's completely different. Characters are all different. There's there's really nothing there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's rough, um, especially seeing a, a, just remakes in general. I mean, we, every movie coming out now seems to be a remake of something else or a reboot or a reimagining of the original film. And uh, that's why I was yeah. asking you about the state of film, you know, now versus uh, years ago because uh, – you know, now we just, originality, it just, is it 
is it there? Is it just harder to come by? Or are we just looking in the wrong places for it? Or uh, well, there are only a certain number of ideas in the world, uh, especially in a, a particular genre like horror movies. There are only so many things you can do, and uh, you can run up to the limits of uh, who people are and what they're afraid of, and um, you just can't go any farther. So, that, yeah, there's always been a lot of repetition, and, and I think, I suspect, I don't know anything about this, but I suspect it's easier to get funding for a remake than for something brand new that nobody's heard of. Mm, yeah. uh, I think, I suspect that's what part of it is. Yeah, yeah, I would think so. And uh, Yeah, yeah, and they're not going away. People are still seeing them, and people are uh, obviously paying big money to, to watch them, so they're, uh, they're here to stay, I think. So, yeah, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, yeah. So, well, David, this has been fantastic. Um, people can keep up with you on Facebook. Actually, that's that's where we've been chatting. And um, uh, so uh, I'll give a link out to uh, where people can find you there. And um, is there anywhere else online where uh, where you can uh, give updates? Or is Facebook pretty much your, your HQ right now? Uh, Facebook is pretty much it. I have, I have a, my page and a page for my post show. I have a, I have a website for my post show, but I... Oh, jeez. I... I'm hopeless with the websites, and it's really primitive, and I got to find out how to how to actually do that right. Okay. Well, we will. Uh, Facebook yeah. is it. Cool. Cool. We will. Uh, we'll definitely be uh, keeping up with what you're doing, and like I said, I hope uh, I hope to see your post show, and I hope that uh, we can just uh, run into each other many, many more times here. Uh, that would be terrific. On the convention yeah. circuit, and uh, be able to speak again because it's always it's always a pleasure. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for taking time to speak with me tonight, David, and uh, let's do this again soon. Okay, thank you, Corey. Thank you. Have Have a good night. night.